When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles. Brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and Americanamusicmagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Folk singer Mara Levine says she spent the bulk of her childhood years listening to folk music on the radio with her parents. As an adult, she has become what Christine Labin called one of the best singers of her generation. Her 2019 album, Facets of Folk, charted number one on the Folk Alliance International Folk Charts and had nine songs in the top 20. These days, she's working on re-releasing some of her earlier music and creating music videos. Mara is my guest on this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi, Mara. Welcome to the podcast. Well, Greg, thank you so much for having me on again. It's great to be here. It is good to talk to you again. I feel like um, we've known each other a long time and uh, we were talking off air and um, I'm not sure that we've spoken um, directly in quite a while, but it feels like we've just been talking so um (laughs) the the wonders of the internet and and uh all of the ways we can stay connected uh i I guess is is a good thing and uh, unfortunately it doesn't allow us to talk as much as we probably would enjoy otherwise but it's good to good to talk to you again have you been absolutely well it's been um, i'm okay but it's been challenging of course during the pandemic and um i'm home with my parents my elderly parents they have multiple health conditions so we're having to be still super careful here. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah. you are in um, New Jersey? Is that right? I'm in, I'm in Edison, New Jersey. Okay. Thomas Alpha Edison, his workshop was here. And in fact, uh, there is the giant tower with the giant light bulb, the Edison Laboratory ah, sure. near Mellow Park. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so you are working or you, you've got a new CD uh, out. Is that correct? Well, my, my newest CD was Facets of Folk, and that came out in 2019, uh, and that was right before the pandemic, of mm-hmm, course, mm-hmm. year before the pandemic, and um, what I've been doing since the pandemic, since I haven't been able to go you know, out of the house much or go to the studio, is I'm working with Valerie Smith from Bell Buckle Records, mm-hmm. my record label, Sure, and yeah. we are, re- we are uh, releasing singles from my rec- previous recordings under the bell buckle label and we're making music videos to go along with them mm, that's cool okay um and you, um 
Rook, we, we've talked before and, and we've done this interview before or, or I've done an interview before. And um, so folks can find that uh, in our library. But just kind of as a brief um, uh, refresher, you are a song interpreter, not necessarily a songwriter. Explain the difference uh, of, of what that means. Sure. Well, um, songwriters actually write songs and I don't. So as an interpreter, what I do is I look for really wonderful songs, and then I like to put my own spin on them. So I might do intricate harmony arrangements. <clears throat> if it was done as a solo, I might do it as a duet or with three-part harmony. Or if someone else did it with harmony, I might do it solo. But I really like to come up with some creative harmony arrangements, too. And um, it's, it's not every song that I would want to sing. I, I listen to lots and lots of songs, and it really has to strike me and, uh, you know, really grab me on first listen to want to add it to my repertoire. Where do you find your songs? How do, how do you locate the songs that you would like to put your interpretation on? Well, um, some of the songs are songs that I loved uh, while growing up. In, in my house, we listen to folk music regularly. And we listen to Bob Sherman on Woody's Children every every weekend. We take the show. So there is a catalog of most love songs, like Simon and Garfunkel mm -hmm, songs, mm -hmm. or songs that Judy Collins sang or that Pete Seeger sang. And then through my work as a musician, I go to a lot of music conferences like IVMA, um, Folk Alliance, the Northeast Regional Folk Alliance, and you meet a lot of musicians there who are showcasing and so you exchange music, you exchange CDs, or you're in a showcase and you hear someone sing a fabulous song. And that's basically how I've acquired a number of the songs that are of my contemporaries. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Nancy Cassidy's song, Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. I, I heard her sing it in a showcase at the Folk Alliance Conference. Uh, Susan Shan, her song, You Reap What You Sow, which is an absolutely fabulous song, um, I met her at the Southeast Regional Folk Alliance Conference, and she gave me a couple of her CDs, and that song was on one of those CDs. Mm. So that's kind of how it's worked. Mm -hmm. I'll work with somebody, you know, I've worked with someone as a harmony vocalist, got to learn their repertoire, and there was a really golden gem of a song in there that I said, oh, I really would like to sing that. <clears throat> so that's kind of how I collect. And it's, again, it's a rare song. It's, it really has to grab me to want to add it to the repertoire. How did the pandemic affect you as an artist? Well, because, um, especially in my situation, having my folks here, um, I have not really been able to go out and do much live. Mm -hmm. And because I was isolated from the people I normally play and sing with, um, also not really able to get together and do pandemic you know zoom con concerts uh especially the first year mm -hmm. uh to get together so i've done a lot of things on zoom song circles and open mics where i can you know be there i also have all the tracks to all my my recordings that i can sing with which is great mm. not necessarily for a concert but for doing these types of extracurricular activities mm -hmm. i've got to meet a lot of people and had a lot of nice you know potential opportunities uh, there. And then in the second year of the pandemic, we felt comfortable enough to get together in someone's backyard and mm -hmm. videotape concerts, mm -hmm. which then we 
broadcast. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> this past year in 2022, we I did some festivals like the Philadelphia Folk Festival, Westerly Folk Festival, and online the San Francisco Folk Festival, and a few indoor concerts in like larger halls where people had, um, they were, you know, following the COVID protocols. Mm -hmm. uh, but certainly it's not anything what it was. Mm -hmm. And for, any, um, for anybody, really, for well, but there are a lot of people who feel comfortable now going out and doing. Sure, yeah, but I guess I mean the the crowds are not yeah. quite back like they no. like they were, and uh, you know everybody says it's sort of we're kind of back to normal, but we really aren't. Not as musicians, anyway. Not in that not in right. that field. Yeah, exactly. So I pivoted to <clears throat> really to, to to keep getting my music out. What we did was we pivoted from. You know, since I couldn't go out to the recording studio or mm -hmm. really do much of anything that has contact with people, was taking the recordings that I have done and creating these music videos and actually expanding my music to different markets. Because when I released my records, first, second, and third record, <clears throat> um, strictly to a small group of folk, folk DJs, the right, folk market. Right. And so with Valerie, with her reach... She reaches Roots and Bluegrass, and also we partnered up with Les Butler from um, Butler Music Group, who does Bluegrass Gospel and Gospel, mm -hmm. Gospel Music. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> a couple of the songs we re-released um, through him, and they were sent out to about 700 um, stations or programs, and actually got a lot of airplay, and then, of course, making the music videos which is a little bit of a challenge in and of itself, because how do you do that safely? Right, right. Um, but, but we did. We started with You Reap What You Sow, which was a wonderful song. I mentioned um, Susan Shan. Well, I had recorded this uh, song first as a single, and it did number one on the folk chart and 22 weeks on the Bluegrass Today Grassicana chart as a single. And then we included it on my um, last release, and it was number four on the chart there. Mm -hmm. And then we sent it out uh, to Bluegrass Gospel and Southern Gospel. And it almost charted, I guess, as a brand new person. We got a lot of airplay. Probably about at least 50 or 60 stations that we know of played it. And then we did the music video. And um, that was a challenge because we did this in 2020 mm -hmm. when nobody really can get together. Mm -hmm. So... All these wonderful musicians that did the recording with me, I had this roster. I had Molly O'Brien, I had Greg Blake, Bob Harris, Rob mm, Ike, Mark cool. Schatz, Scott Bestel, and Andy Leftwich. Everybody wow. was at home. And so I contacted all the musicians and said, I'm going to do a video. Can you film yourself singing or playing along with your cell phone in this setting from your deck or your living room or mm -hmm. wherever you do that yeah that's cool let me, let me know how much you need and all of them participated every one of them and then um how are we going to get together in film was the next big issue valerie was um she was in bell buckle tennessee mm -hmm. and i'm in new jersey and i certainly couldn't go there and at that time if you wanted to travel to new jersey you had to quarantine for two weeks wow. so that wasn't going to work yeah so she had to do some business in maryland and we found um, a farm, one of those pick-your-own places, uh, sunflower farm, mm -hmm. um, about 40 minutes from where she was going to be staying. So I drove down from Jersey 
and she came in from where she was, and we had the place to ourselves. They let us have it, and it was very reasonable for a few hours in the morning before it opened. And she filmed me, took the footage, and then took all the footage from the musicians, and she put this beautiful video together. And um, and Bluegrass Today debuted it. And uh, through Bluegrass Today, it had like 64,000 Facebook views. Wow. At, cool. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And to date, it's had about 8,500 YouTube views. Wow. So I know. That's so, awesome. You know, <laughs> it is awesome. So, you know, working with Valerie Smith has been really a blessing for me. And even during the pandemic, we have found ways to get my music out to new markets, to mm -hmm. new fans who haven't heard this music before. And, and that was fantastic. And then we did a Christmas video for uh, December 2021 to Bob Frankie Straw Against the Chill. Mm -hmm. And that was not a live video. We just had all kinds of beautiful images. That mm -hmm. was the beautiful story about the nativity. So we collected or I collected images and then she put that together for me. And now we just I just released a third video for Be the Change by Arlen Bennett. Yeah, and we were talking uh, before the call of uh, about Arlen and and, and um, himself as an artist, and uh, he's um, had some struggles with um, some some health struggles, and uh, but writes beautiful songs and has has uh, been an amazing trooper to stay in the music industry. Tell me about that song a little bit and and um, interpreting that as an artist. Absolutely. Um, should I mention how I came to uh, select the song and how Absolutely. I know Arlen? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Arlen, uh, and and again, I I, I want to hear your 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 connection. But we kind of have a, a long term connection with him back in the old days of Folk Alliance uh, years ago, um, and it's it's neat that you've kept that relationship with him. So, <clears throat> I was living in northeastern Pennsylvania, and my sister still in New Jersey a big country western dancing fan mm -hmm. and she used to go country western dancing to this club called the colorado cafe and arlen was a huge country western dancing fan mm. so they met and she found out that he was also a musician a folk musician mm -hmm. and suggested oh you guys should be and of course i was living in pennsylvania that's not going to happen i said but then eventually in 2000 <clears throat> i moved back to new jersey and then my sister said, well, okay, you don't have an excuse. She connected us, and we wound up working on some music projects together. And then he had a CD release for his Summer's Voice album that was in 2007. And Be the Change was one of the songs on the Summer's Voice album. And it's one of those songs that just grabbed me right away. Mm. It's a beautiful song. And for me, songs that have um, a beautiful melody, uh, a good message, a catchy chorus that you want to sing along with. It had all the elements. And so I asked for permission to sing it, which he said yes. Yeah. And then I included it because my album, Facets of Folk, which I released in 2019, that album basically was a collection of albums of songs of social conscience in a way. Mm -hmm. And Be the Change uh, was absolutely perfect. It's really about being a positive force for change, um, to make a positive difference in the world through nonviolent means. Mm. So voting and yeah, I guess some protesting would be okay and sure. volunteer work and yeah. all those things. Yeah. And so um, this song, uh, the first verse is about Rosa Parks. The second verse is about Gandhi. Even though their names aren't mentioned, it's very clear from the description who they are. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so I felt it was so appropriate to to include in the project and then decided to release it right before election day. So it would be encouraging people to vote. Yeah. So there's even images in the video of people voting. And I, I was able to find some fantastic um, stock images and footage in doing my research for the video. And um, I actually was able to, you know, license for $10 the mugshot of Rosa Parks when she was arrested. Oh, wow. There's a mugshot, and that's from Montgomery, uh, I think it's Montgomery, the Montgomery County Probate Office wow. has the license. You know, you can license that directly from them, and so I did. So that shot is in there. I found wonderful archival footage of Martin Luther King and the Freedom Riders in the bus boycott, mm. in the bus actions. And then I found great archival footage of Gandhi hmm. um, to use for the second verse. And I'm in Edison, New Jersey, 35 minutes away from me in, the, in Newark. Downtown Newark is a beautiful statue of Rosa Parks seated on a bus bench hmm. with, a, with a plaque with the saying. Hmm. And um, I went down on a, on a national holiday when there was nobody. There was nobody there. And I set up my cameras, and I filmed myself singing with the statue. Oh, wow. And um, I, I, there was another statue of Gandhi nearby, and I went there, but that footage didn't come out well, so we used the stock footage, which I think was even better. Uh-huh. And um, we found stock footage of, of, you know, of more contemporary things as well that kind of reflect the theme of the song. And the challenge on this one, again, was I wanted to have the women who recorded with me, but we needed to be safe. And so uh, we thought we'll film outside, but it rained the day we were all going to get together. So the woman who did the vi- videography for me, her name is Efrat Shapira, she set up a room in her house like with a green screen, mm-hmm. and she had us come one at a time, so we weren't all together singing together. Mm. And she had a mask on, and she had uh, a fan and uh, uh, air purifier and the window open, and we each sang against the green screen in different poses. And then we took all the stock footage that we collected. And she she was able to put us all together as if we were standing next to each other. Mm. And have us in front of all the, all the footage that was running as we were singing, right? Wow. She did a really beautiful job putting it together. And um, so we, we sent that out uh, for, you know, for election day. But I think... Thematically, that song works any time of year, any day, and certainly mm-hmm. for things like Martin Luther King's birthday or mm-hmm. Black History Month or anything like that. But the message is so positive and powerful, and um, I think it's it's something that uh, anyone would enjoy seeing this video. It's really a beautiful video. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. And um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the latest the latest video, and now I'm working on a new video. And the new one will be. Uh, can you can you share the title? What are you working? I can. On? Yes, the song is called "Tree of Life," and it's written by Eric Peltonini, and it was written for a, a musical about uh, women in the Midwest in the 1800s. And the song, first two verses of the song, is all quilt quilting blocks, quilting patterns, and so. Um, March, I'm I'm trying to get it done for March. I, I hope I can, but it's taken me a while to get all the materials together. Mm-hmm. 
So March is National Quilting Month. And the 18th of March is National Quilting Day. Mm -hmm. So I'm not quite sure if I'm going to have it all together. I'm trying, but there's a lot of research that has to be done. (laughs) That's cool. And collecting things. And I actually found the quilting blocks on, like, just looking for quilting blocks online that are the quilting blocks from the Mm. song. And then working on with a graphic artist and myself to convert them so that it's not somebody else's design. It's Mm. our own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So working on those. So that's pretty exciting. And um, that song had Ed Trickett playing Hammer Dulcimer. And um, unfortunately, Ed passed away last year. Mm. But the the beautiful story about this is I had met Ed through a mutual friend and... um, he, he was a member of a group called Bach, Muir, and Trickett, which are one of the original, you know, folk groups from, from back when, the 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. And they made the first recording of this song. And I asked him if he would come and, and play Hammer Dulcimer on the recording. Mm. Did not play Hammer Dulcimer on their recording, just guitar. Mm. So I actually got Ed Trickett, who was, you know, the first person to ever recorded it with his group to play Hammer Dulcimer. Mm, that's cool. Beautiful. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. So that's kind of what I'm working on, and I'm also obtaining licenses. I just about done getting securing licenses for three of the three Psycon songs that I recorded, and I'll touch base with other songwriters that I've recorded. I, I don't know about getting something like Paul Simon. I think that would be exorbitant for the fees, mm-hmm. but, but I have a lot of friends that I've recorded, so for the next period of time until things get quote-unquote normal, I'm going to continue to work on releasing videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah. I, I am neither a songwriter or a song interpreter, but mm-hmm. I understand songwriting from the sense that I have an idea. I sit down with my guitar and, and I, I come up with some lyrics and some melodies. It's my song. And mm-hmm. that that's that's one side of it. It sounds like the as a song interpreter there's so much more work involved um, because you you are borrowing somebody else's original material and then you're adding your own interpretations into that it, it, it am i un- correct in assuming that there's a lot of legwork uh, involved in trying to put these pieces together because it isn't originally from your pen um that's interesting i mean there's when someone sings the work of others, there's two ways to go about it. One is to be a cover artist, which what you try to do is duplicate exactly what the original artist did, you know, mm-hmm. cover bands, tribute bands. Mm-hmm. The other is as an interpreter to come up with your own creative arrangements. Mm-hmm. And I think it depends on how you work, what your process is. Some people go into the studio with a, a live band. You know, they maybe work out some arrangements and go into the studio. And I tend to work it out in the studio I kind of, you know, have a vision of what I want and I'll sit with, you know, Bob Bob Harris was my co-producer and guitarist and first do a lead vocal with the guitar and get the tempo, just get everything the way I want it. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I'll do is work on the harmony arrangements. Mm-hmm. So I work backwards. A lot of people will put all the instruments down first and then, then do the vocals. But I do the lead vocal first, then I decide what I want to do with the harmony arrangements. And that sometimes can take a lot of work. Yeah figure out different creative arrangements and I would direct people to listen to uh, Leaves That Are Green by Paul Simon, which is, it is up on my website too. That's um, www.maralevine.com and, or my SoundCloud and listen to the intricate different, you know, twists and turns that I would put on that. And I did some of that work with 
Bob and some with my friend Stuart Marcus from Gathering Time. Um, and so some of the songs are very multi-track and they take a long time and were expensive for me because I do a track by track. Right. I think uh, Straw Against the Chill, when I did that, uh, probably had at least 12 vocal tracks on it. Hmm. And that's crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, how how so would you yeah. do that live? Do, do you have a track well, that includes most of the instrumentation and then you perform your part live? So I have that, but it's, I don't use that that often. It, you know, in normal times, most people don't really want to hear you performing with tracks right. necessarily in a right. concert. Occasionally at the library or nursing home, I you know, do something like that. But uh, for example, at the Northeast Regional Folk Alliance Conference, I was selected for a um, a showcase uh, by Ron Alesco from WFDU. It was they mm-hmm. call the folk DJ showcase where they showcase you know new artists, and this was years ago already. And I gathered twelve musicians. Oh, cool! And Bob, Bob, you know, <clears throat> as well as as well as getting the backing tracks, I have him make harmony tracks for each of the parts mm, cool. on a recording so that if i want to get together a group of people or if i'm traveling and my people aren't coming with me i can send the people i'm going to work with this is your part oh, so cool. we, i i assembled and we did this two or three times yeah i assembled a group of 12 musicians at nerfa uh sent them all their parts and uh, they got on stage with me and we did we did the song and it went over just fabulous and then I did it once on Gene Shea's radio show, too. I got a, a group of musicians together to go on Gene Shea and do it. Uh, but then if I perform with Gathering Time, there are three band members besides me, and they all sing. So I've been able to distill the harmony arrangements for some of these songs to the basic four parts mm-hmm. where we can pretty much still recreate those sounds. Hmm. That's awesome. You know, yeah, yeah, they're fabulous, and and we can recreate those sounds, and that's what gives me more pleasure. I don't really prefer to go out, you know, and sing solo. I don't play an instrument, number one, but number mm. two, I love the sound of harmony. Mm. I love it. Mm. So I would prefer to work with a group, and I've been I've been teaming up with Gathering Time now. It's got to be twelve or thirteen years where we book shows together, and they they will support me in my half of the show and you get, you get, you know, anywhere from two to four part harmony and the intricate arrangements from my albums mm. are, are produced live and they, they are on the last two of my albums, four or five songs on each album. Okay. That's so cool. you can, you can really get that. And it was interesting because at the time, uh, at the Northeast regional folk Alliance conference, one of the DJs was like, yeah, it's great, but how are you going to do it live? <laughs> well, I surprised them all because I'm able to, yeah, you know, yeah. do that live, you know? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you, Mara. I've enjoyed reconnecting and, uh, uh, catching up on what's been going on and, uh, the videos are awesome and, and I hope you get to get some more of those out and wish you the best with all of it. And, uh, Hope you get to uh, get back out uh, when it's appropriate and and soon. Well, I am actually having a concert, uh, Princeton Folk Music Society, and that's going to be May 19th, and we booked this a long time ago. Yeah. I co-built with my friends Gathering Time, and I've wanted to play the Princeton Folk Music Society for a long time. Very cool. So they have COVID protocols in place, and I might even wear a mask when singing. We'll see. And it's a large hall. So knock wood. Yeah. That's one place that people can see me. And also, but I don't think this the interview will be up then, but March 31st, I'm doing a song. We're going to actually show the video for um, Be the Change for the Labor Heritage 
organization for a okay. women's uh, concert. Yeah, good. Online. Yeah. But well, thank you, Greg. I mean, I really appreciate all that you do to support the artists. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy getting to know you guys, and uh, it's it's. Uh, I'm not a musician, but I, I I feel like I'm I'm part of you guys when we get to do stuff like this. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, and you take care and stay safe. You too. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.